Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's going on, everyone? My name is Quaylen Harris, and I am the host of the Confessions of a Server podcast, a podcast where each week I'm going to talk about life working in the bar and restaurant industry. I'm going to give you some rants about things that make me mad. I'll let you know my opinion on hot takes and other topics dealing with our industry. And I'm even going to share some of my stories and confessions of things I've been able to get away with working in various restaurants. So if you currently or have ever worked in the restaurant industry, this podcast is for you. Make sure you check out Confessions of a Server on the One Star Podcast Network. I was saying before uh, I was on Smart Mouth, Catherine Spears' awesome podcast today. Spires, talking Spires. About Spires, thank you very much. Uh, talking about uh, garlic. And <laughs> I brought up the point that there's a certain sect of Buddhism where uh, these Buddhist monks specifically don't uh, partake in garlic or onion because it invokes the chi. It's too much. It's too much. So, like, it's either makes you, like, horny or fart, you know? And that's, like, garlic in a hole. And they're just like, no, not for us. My body's a temple. I will not feel these feelings. Whereas I'm just like, I'll feel these feelings all day. <laughs> I love it. I think I eat onion every day in almost every meal. I swear. Yeah, I so. just had garlic and spinach pasta. Like I just did it 10 minutes ago. So uh, she is invoked. Yeah. She is invoked. I'm ready to roll. Let's roll. Ah, uh, you guys, well, welcome to Sidework Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Wallace. And I'm your other host, Brooke Van Poplin. And joining us today is real life friend and podcast sort of newbie, little bit. So it's exciting to have her with us, but she has been a bartender and also a beverage rep, and she's here with us now. Please welcome Victoria Canty, everybody. My voice wow. cracked. Hello. Hello. Holy shit. I haven't seen you in so long. It's so beautiful to to see you on the, on the other end of the Zoom call. I know. I was like, Andrea, I want to touch your face. I want you to touch my face, actually. Girl, you to get in ready. There. It's legal again, so come on in. It's you know. legal. I love when Andrea touching you was outlawed. It was an illegal facial before. I know. Talk about horny. Uh, <laughs> not that I like in a platonic way, not <laughs> like a, but like, a, ooh, the excitement of something naughty. You I'm know? just going to bring you an onion next time. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm, there has to have been a past culture where onions were money, you know? Sure. Why not? I think it's plausible. You know, 
Oh, I, you could pay me in bulbs of garlic <laughs> easily. I easily. If we were back in that day and age, you know, I'd be like, hell yeah, I'll take that. You can have my third born. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, my third born for a facial. That's right. <laughs> uh, there's the biggest fly just trapped in here with me. So if he takes the microphone away from me, you'll know. There's a fly that keeps like plop, like plunking itself into my screen door. Or I'm sorry, my glass door. Like every few minutes, I just see a big fly go bonk. Like, and oh, it makes no. like a thuddy glass noise. I'm just like, you can't come in. Sorry, my windows are so clean. Sorry, it's so clean. Well, I saw I saw Victoria last night in person. Whoa, IRL. She she went. I didn't know this, and it's a normal phobia. I totally get it. But a big old water bug just started kind of marching toward. Ooh, I know. I got around. I like this combo. (laughs) Started marching toward my back door, and I was like, "Uh, oh fucker!" And I took it out with my wooden sandal because I was like, "This this thing's like a." fucking quarter pound of just heavy wood. I'm going to smash it. And then she's like, oh, God. Oh, God. No, I like don't. hid under my jacket as a blanket. I was like, she was, she, She's from South Carolina, so she grew up terrorized by water bugs. Oh, sure. On the it. face, flying and flitting around on her face. Ugh. My whole thing was like the growing up getting like the, the, the screen beetles. Remember those? Just oh, like yeah. the big beetles. I'll just like hang out on your screen for, those for no reason. Those don't bother me. They like... It's, they just kind of hang out. Actually, I had a beat. I don't know if this is the same kind, but they're like really big. Are they kind of like June bugs or something? Kind Maybe. of June bugs? Are, no, they're okay. like brown. They look like oh. giant brown ladybugs. But I know what you're talking about. If there's like June <laughs> buggy beetles, I see them walking across the path at Griffith Park all the time. They're just like. Dur, 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 dur. Well, no. I was going to say I was at Redbird for brunch one day and I literally I felt something like fall into my hair and I was like uh what is it because I have a trauma of water bugs flying into my hair and my face and things and it's real and it's happened like over 15 times which is unbelievable (laughs) um but bugs like really like big gross ones really like to hang out in my hair or something so anyway I was at Redbird and I like I felt actually first an orange fell on my head because there's like a there's a <laughs> there's like a garden back there and this there. orange like fell on my head and I was waiting for my friend and it was so awkward but anyway and then um so this this one thing had already happened and then I felt something else hit my hair and I like looked at these girls that were sitting next to me and I was like I'm sorry can you just please look and see if there's something in my hair and they both started screaming and there was a full-on like huge dune bug or whatever they are but like huge beetle in my hair and they were trying to get it out and smacking me and all this and this was like in the pandemic like when the first iteration of outdoor seating came back and everyone was screaming on like our side of the brunch patio. So I, I think what happened was that June bug was on that orange it was too much weight when the orange went kerplunk and henny pennied on your head i'm gonna say that no, it was different. like I the thought... june bug got stuck in there well then i told the server i was like i'm really sorry about all this commotion um this these things just happened to me and he was like oh yeah he was like that bug is always around and its name is like jeff or something i don't even know oh my god but they were like they like had a name for the bug because it always was like do 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 and would like land on someone but it was always around 
So oh my god! I can be fucking getting punked by Jeff. I don't, um, I don't know fresco life. I don't. <laughs> I Good I god! I'm ready really for that funny. patio life. I'm ready to get attacked by bugs and enjoy drinks with friends. Whoa! The bu- yeah, that's 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 vaccinated really life. Funny. Bugs on heads. Oh, oh, it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> Well, let's hop into a little pre-shift. Uh, okay. You guys, uh, One Star Network is out there. We were on the Modern Waiter podcast this morning, so that's going to be dropping, Brooke. Uh, right. I think it is already live because we drop on we drop on Fridays, and I think we'll have already been up for a few days. Oh, so right. If y'all we're didn't notice that, go back right. and check. It's, I didn't realize how much fun we got into, like, heated, thoughtful discussion ranking the best candy. Mm. Um, and came up with like some brackets and got it down to a top eight for you guys to go have your say you know go go have at and really discuss and fight over the merits of chocolate and sugared candies and uh, it was really really fun so check out the modern waiter podcast all their stuff but especially the one with Andrea and I yeah we had so much fun (laughs) For sure. And yeah, that's kind of it for updates this week. So that was nice and short and sweet. Um, Okay, so I just have to share this with the world. We are already in headlines right now. I learned something that changed the landscape of the world forever. And now we're (laughs) going to share it with you. But this has always been available. You can pull up to the McDonald's drive-thru and say, can I have a birthday cake, please? What? And what? They, <laughs> yes. I, I. So they've always been there. They keep what? them in the freezers. And they're just frozen sheet cakes. They're about like uh, probably a good like 12 or 14 inch wide sheet cake. It has white and vanilla frosting. There are also chocolate versions available. But they've done like the micro lasering of the frosting. And it's Ronald McDonald etched into the cake when you take it out. But like, okay, so I am now, for any of you who still don't believe me, go look this up. It's nuts. They cost $10, right? Which is The price is right for a whole birthday cake. That feeds like 12 to 16 people. Apparently, it tastes just like those really soft vanilla um, sugar cookies with the frosting on them. You know, the kind of cheapy ones. Yeah, but a whole cake that's just like, it's a sugar bomb. That's $10. So I'm assuming these have been been around since like when you used to have your birthday party at McDonald's, right? Yes. As a kid? Yeah. yeah. I never had one as far as I know. No, we couldn't afford that. That was... Definitely a little too highfalutin to treat everybody to McDonald's. No, 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 no. I mean, like having your like your birthday party at McDonald's and then like them bringing a whole cake out. Like, well, yeah, absolutely. But it's also like it's just one of those secret menu items. And so, okay, I haven't I've been sitting on it because all I want to do is really well. I hope you can't hear. But um, I want to pretend while I'm in the car with Sean, you know, I'm like, babe, I'm. Can we go to McDonald's real quick? Like I'm just having like a a nugget and uh you know chocolate shake attack. Can we just do it? And then we pull up because and- that's what normal people say. That I am having nugget attack. Let's go to McDonald's. <laughs> like trying to keep it under wraps. <laughs> you know me, always I do. always gotta get those nugs. Um Sadly, if it was Burger King, there is a boyfriend who's like, should we should we just go get you your jalapeno poppers from Burger King? Would that shut you up? You drunk? Anyways, um, 
but I'm just gonna be like, can we pop through there real quick? And then I'm gonna order a fucking birthday cake and watch his mind melt. I mean, it is mm. the week of 420, I'm just gonna say. Oh. So it would be like maybe an appropriate It's the eve of 420, time. actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. it's the eve while we're recording, but right. this week when oh, y'all are true. hearing this. Hang yeah. out with your most stoned friend and take them through the drive-thru while they're so stoned and get them a birthday cake. <laughs> now everyone's going to do this. Everyone. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, I, I guarantee they're kind of, I they're bet they're out. out. They're if this is run running out. rampant, yeah, they're going to out. Cakes out of the bag. Hello. Kicks out um, of the freezer. Meanwhile, is there a secret menu item that I can get a Big Mac made out of cheeseburgers? Because please, can I have that? What option? does that even fucking mean? I guess it would just be like uh, a Big Mac, but it, it'd be like the cheeseburgers or the buns and then like all the other stuff in between that. I think cool. that is what a Big Mac is, isn't it? It's nope. just the bun. She's, it's just the bun with like the uh, bun. 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 She kind wants like a oh, yeah, that's sandwich. Not, that's not worth it. You need no. like other stuff in there. She, she basically needs double. Yeah. Oh no, there'll be other stuff in there. She needs layers inside yeah, of every layers. layer. I want layers on layers on layers. Layers, layers and section. Who what if you I am? Andrea's layers on layers on layers. Give what if you pull me. up and ask Give for it. a layer cake? A layer birthday cake. Yeah. You know what? Yes. Someone's going to call me fucking Shrek because I'm like, layers. <laughs> Andrea's got layers. And I'm going to be like, she's Shrek. Um, anyway, great McDonald's. Fuck Ugh. yes. Uh, nice to have, to have a happy surprise from McDonald's considering it's just been all sexual harassment cases lately. Uh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Okay, so another great headline that we found. This is pretty exciting. This is happening in Philly. But um, this restaurant group called Marquee and Company, uh, which they are purveyors and owners of vegan restaurants, some of which include Mm. Hip City Veg, Bar Bon Bon, and Charlie was a sinner. Okay. Mm. Papa was a Rolling Stone, you know, the restaurant. Um, But they are just not waiting for Congress to discuss our fates as workers they're just like we're implementing a $15 minimum wage for the entire staff across the board across all of our franchises all of our businesses and we're going to set a precedent precedent motherfucker (laughs) very nice way to set yourself up for success and get ahead of the curve I'll say that I mean like here's the thing too it's just like you know, the, the we've talked so much, Victoria, which we'll get into more conversational stuff, but it's like the curtain has been lifted the past 14 months on how messed up the service industry is in terms, I mean, I know you see it and you've been a part of it yourself, but then just watching people who've been historically, you know, and criminally underserved, underpaid, exploited, you name it, suddenly like, yeah, you're you can be last in line for a vaccine, but we need to get your ass. You need to get your ass out there and open that patio so we can breathe in your face and have mimosas. And so it just it is like beyond time for these servers to all have that $15 guaranteed minimum wage because we all know that the servers are getting tipped out. We don't know what their hourly works out to be, but it is always so much more than back of house, your busser, your runners, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And that's what I think is so fucking amazing. It's that you have the food runners, you have the busters, you have these barbacks, like <clears throat> all at, up at that level now. Wow. That's blows my mind. I love it so much. 
it's just it's just really you know and because we're talking more too about how the standoffs and sort of the, the frustration when a front of house and back of house comes together there is just this bias the back of house is like we're working twice as long and right. twice as hard as you sometimes to make maybe a quarter of what you walk away with and so it unify i think and harmonize the entire kitchen be like you all get baseline the same yes the server is still going to get tipped but at the end of the day you are all making at the bare minimum you know a, a livable wage at 15 dollars an hour that's great so that's Kudos fucking exciting. Guys. I know. I wanted to sing their praises. So definitely holler at us uh, if you your personal business is doing the same or you've heard anything in the area. This is good shit. We got to put together some evidence that it can work. We can all, <laughs> you know, anyways. Um, should we move into sort of a hybrid server? Submitted. Story today? Story. Ooh, I'm excited. Okay, so this is kind of an ongoing saga with our friend and listener, Jarrett, who works in uh, Georgia, who kind of lost his job for testing positive for COVID, even though it doesn't quite make sense. It's uh, we, we walked through it. He talked us through. Anyways, he gave us another update of what's going on. Um, so he writes in again. Says this past Saturday, March 27th, so this is a few weeks ago, he said, I did something that I rarely do nowadays, and that is hang out with friends. I say rarely because working three jobs doesn't afford a lot of personal time. So Saturday morning, my friend told me that the gang is meeting up at the bar we all met at in 2014. We caught up, laughed, talked, ate, drank, had a good time. I was catching up with my friend Travis, who works for CNN as a breaking news reporter. Shout out to Travis, he says. I told him I caught COVID and he gave me some number as I shared how excited I was to get vaccinated on Monday, the 29th. And, you know, and then he told me how and then he went on to tell me how I got sick. So, as I will always say, I did everything to stay safe, washing hands, socially distancing as best as I can, and wearing my mask, which he did religiously as a bartender at a bar. He said, I did all of that and will continue to. So, Travis gave me the numbers and facts on how, and he told me how it happened. I caught COVID through my eyes. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh Go ahead, but yeah, yeah. Right, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. He said, it never occurred to me that that would be a way I could catch it as safe as I was. I never thought to shield my eyes and wear a visor. And that is why I never lost taste or smell. If I caught it nasally, which maybe I don't know if that's the truth. We can we can chit chat about it. He says, you know, if I caught it the other way, I probably would have been worse off and probably at that point more prone to get tested because he had really funky light symptoms, he says. But as I mentioned before, it just sort of felt like a sinus infection. And thank God it was not worse. Then some of the good news is my friend then also went on to tell me that people who've caught COVID and then get vaccinated are lucky and blessed. He said that because our bodies have already fought off the virus and have a known enemy to fight, getting vaccinated will boost our antibodies to six times the amount to fight off this thing again, virtually making us immune to this damn thing. Wow. He does go on to say, though, just because we are vaccinated and have a head start doesn't mean that we are invincible, though. We can still pass it on to someone. There's a small chance of that and get them sick. So I urge everyone always follow the CDC guidelines and be safe out there. Godspeed. Good tips. Good health to all. Jarrett. 
and he shared some other important stuff. He said, P.S. Here is some info for you to share if you choose. It's from The Giving Kitchen, who he had mentioned to me before. Um, and I'll, I'll post this, but it's their number and website and how they can help servers, cooks, door guys, and bartenders in the Georgia and Tennessee regions. He, I just paid my rent today for next month and it is a load off my chest thanks to them. Oh, wow. Thanks so much. But yeah, they basically help out of work for, through no fault of your own if you got COVID and you had to, you know, be off the job until you could prove you were testing negative. There are resources to help you make sure you don't, you know, miss your <coughs> necessary bills you have to pay. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll share that info. Yeah. Um, yeah, getting it through your eyes is something that like I learned pretty quickly as far as how it's just a super duper duper easy way to get sick. I mean, we get colds through our eyes and stuff too. Viruses can get in there and 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 dig in. Um, but um shit. Yeah. And that's why having to wear a shield is so important, especially as servers with people eating again, you think that like shields really are protecting uh, your eyes. Absolutely. It's amazing. I know. And can we talk about the most perplexing person out there? It was the one who's just wearing a shield and nothing else? Yeah. What, what are you up to? It doesn't make any sense. What are you um, doing, pal? About, if you're welding, I get it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I also a feel like your life. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I also feel like if you're welding, you usually have no shirt on but a face mask, you know? Oh, so you're like sure. real sweaty and they're like flames. You get, you get, like, I know that's the, what I do. And I know that you pop up and down, you know, you can pop that shit. <laughs> yeah. Don't use the plastic ones if you're welding. Obviously, you melt it to your damn face. Okay, so I wanted, uh, you guys, we're going to pop into something a little different right now. I have been, as I tell as I tell Victoria, I've been lurking. I've been lurking mm. around. I've been mm. lurking around these internets, okay? I've been lurking around on your on your Instagram. What was the song? It was like, I like the way you, you lurk. lurk. Or something do, like that. Do, do, we did, we had like a song yesterday in a, you oh, you guys in a t-shirt fun. moment or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we did have mm-hmm. fun, Andrea. We were together, no masks, and we're hugging and drinking spritzers. Very nice. Of some sort. We'll, we'll get into that. Okay. So I've said, <laughs> I've said a little bit about this Reddit group that I'm obsessed with. It's a community called We Want Plates. <laughs> <laughs> And it's Same. six right? It's six hundred six hundred and seventy thousand members strong. And as I've argued, it is depictions of all the ways restaurants are just seriously fucking up by putting food on things other than plates right now. And as you scroll through, oh um, yeah. It's it's like it's like think of going to like uh like a dollar store and all of like the bad kitchen gadgets you could buy like a really cheap looking paper towel dispenser. Oh, well, let's go get some of those and instead stack onion rings on them. There's literally an iPad with a photo of a plate that's pulled up on it and then the food put on the iPad. With a projected oh photo gosh. of a plate on the iPad. There's uh, a there's we... a rubber ducky moment in here too. I'm now looking through it. Yes. Drink. Oh, can we talk about what I'm seeing right now? Which is basically like it's a wooden hand, like <laughs> kind you would you would like mold it to like do a like it's you your know, artist sketching body it's work. Yeah. Hand. That's what and that it's is. got a it's got a big wad of caviar, like a big bump of cocaine. Right there on your, yeah, and, on your, between your thumbs. But there's an antler. Oh my gosh, go down. So, there's an antler. There's like a. Oh yes. No, oh, no, no. Yeah. There's like a meatball or like a meatloaf on. Okay. An, an, <laughs> it's 
That's so these, terrible. Whoa, these places. This is fucking incredible. So I'm I'm obsessed with this group. So everyone go on the Reddit. We want plates and you will have you know, like a freak out. But yeah, the antler has like a tiny piece of a moose bouche on it. And it's like the antler is seven times the size of the food that's being served. Um, It's just all these places, you know, the place with the wooden hand with the wad of caviar. I am so ashamed to see it's in L.A. Um, <laughs> There's also a, like a really creepy Barbie doll that has a dress made out of prosciutto. It's like really oh, gross. See now, that's smart. It says 2010 <laughs> called and Lady Gaga needs her dress back. Okay. But okay. So oh, no, that one's good. It's so good. But you guys get you get the point. Like if you're out to eat, let's all start contributing. When you see your food come to you on anything it shouldn't, like that's basically not a plate. Cause the we were saying the big thing too now is like everything's gotta be served on fucking wooden paddles, huge yeah. chopping blocks. People are serving your food to you on tiny garden shovels. Like it's getting so outrageous and my biggest complaint though is like look at this cracked prepping board right it's a chopping block with cracks all in it there's also slate and you're like how is that shit going through the dish pit and truly getting sterilized we all know that wood soaks up bacteria germs and oh i hate it this trend needs to die Look, I'm just gonna say it before we move on, but I'm what I'm I'm looking at three cheeseburgers on a skateboard right now. Yes, I know you are. <laughs> okay. So we're all just like on we're like, we can't stop watching. No, it's it's so fun. I mean, I love contributing to so it's like you guys get the vibe, right? So yeah. then seven hours ago, someone joins this subreddit, and it's my favorite thing. The 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 t- subject line is which plates should I choose for a new house? Hi, guys. I'm moving out from a flat into my own house. And then she goes on to talk about her life. It's so annoying. But she's like, I basically don't have a whole lot of home decor. And then goes on about her move. And she's like, the issue is we don't have any dinnerware, cookware, or flatware. And otherwise, we realize we have nothing helpful to live on our own. Besides, eating food from the takeaway is not an option for us. And she goes on to ask advice for what kind of plates to get because she thinks this is a Reddit thread ah! of people who love plates and give oh. suggestions. And the like the responses under here are like, do you know where you are? Yeah, that's you- the Reddit plate boners, not we want plates. You need to go to plate boners for that. Oh my God. They were they were incredibly kind to her. And then people started giving dinnerware suggestions because there are a lot of chefs on here who are like, you can't go wrong with a pearly white, honey. You know, <laughs> and Aww. I know oh but God, I, they really took care of her. I know, but I just I love the innocence of like, oh, I finally found my community. People who talk passionately about plates. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's we it want. Uh, you don't get it. I mean, I get it. She's like, I want plates. I need plates. We don't have plates. This is a classic Reddit blunder. Let's face it. This or is what I would do because I don't go down Reddit threads. So I'm just like, I'm like, sure. I like plates, too. Or is she like the ultimate troll was this like a boss level troll who knows Mm -hmm. i don't know know. but i fucking i don't know you know what i think because we went down that way everything's broken is what i that'd be another (laughs) good uh plate uh thread it thread everything's broken yeah (laughs) 
It's so, it's so much. Anyways, guys, please go, go follow We Want Plates. I on can't Reddit. stop looking at this. <laughs> I'm like it's still going. Mesmerizing. So they <laughs> have, is- at the, it's horrible, right? At the top of the thread, they, they compile and change like their hall of fame. But one that they did, it is so disgusting. We talk about it all the time. It's just like soggy burger and fries, question mark, because so, you know, those huge brandy snifters that almost look like fish bowls mm-hmm. like they're like I, my palm isn't even big enough to hold it. This restaurant shoved all the fries into the bottom and then made like a teepee of two cheeseburgers on top all in there. Do we understand how heat transfer works? Yeah, Everything turned into soggy shitty like i'm like and the whole the glasses just steam to the bejesus so you can't see it. it looks like a terrarium of food it's people are out of their fucking minds i just want a plate just give me a plate i can't so what one last um oh yes of what people are not seeing she's having a she's having a rough time i really am this is too much so there is a six pound feed shovel which is like shoveling feed for cattle you know like it's huge but it's wrapped in tinfoil so you know i don't know what that means sanitary (laughs) sanitary but it's just like piled with ribs and i don't know fried giblets or something i can't really tell what it is but it is the most janky like this but it says six pound feed shovel excuse me six pound feed shovel from kc's rib shack in new hampshire so it's like a real restaurant and they just just, bring you out this tinfoil wrapped shovel i mean and you know that that's just like yeah do it we're fucking eat the shovel meal tonight's the night like that's what people uh say when they (laughs) well and i really think like this says a lot about who i am like if i saw that food was coming out on embarrassing platters i'd be like we got to get out of here Mm-mm. We we can't be here. This is also. Can we talk about having as a server having to carry the shovel to the table? Or your fucking side work is like. Do you mind rewrapping all the handles of the six pound feed shovel with tin foil? That is real talk. Like who is doing that? And is, where do they stack these? Like right. do they have like a a post like you would for your closet? You know your your gardening shed. And exactly. They've got like a tough shed out back. Well, yeah, we keep do? we keep all our plates in the tough shed out also, back. Like, how do they wash that? Because <laughs> that does not fit into the dish pit for sure. No, I'm also watching the feed shovel. Is this a separate feed shovel? Like, I think there's just more than one. Oh. But basically, the server's bringing out the feed shovel. It looks like it, it could be like a Korean, like a stir fry situation. Oh, I think and then that she was dumps it in the middle of the table, and everybody no. has like a like. Look of awe, like this is really happening. I feel like we could do a whole podcast just on this. Like, actually, yeah, I think this is pretty great. I can be a segment. You know what? I think we should just all click it out, just exit out. We need to go. We need to go. We need to move on, Victoria. I know Sorry, that I know I could I know there for I, a long time. I brought this hellfire upon all of us, but oh, yeah, I'll get down there later. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. We'll get, start a thread. We'll get back in later. But yeah, guys, check it out. And as always, hey, we would love a fresh batch of your server submitted stories. We, Absolutely. We blew through a bunch of them because we had had a backlog and then we wanted to get them out. So some of them are living on our Patreon. We've done a couple episodes that are just the server submitted stories. And today we kind of like clicked through the usable, readable on air ones. No offense to anybody, um, you know, but <laughs> feel free. We want to hear from you. 
Yeah, I mean, I understand things are opening back up. Like, the world is being navigated, like, in a different direction where you're probably back to your, like, quote-unquote normal day-to-day. But, like, when you when you got some downtime, please, please send them our way. I know. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. I love a good server story. They're so good, right? (laughs) Okay. So send them our way, (laughs) sideworkpod at gmail.com. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. All right. Well, we are back in, everybody. And as we said, our very special guest today is our good friend and current representative, shall we call her, of the Lo-Fi Apertif company and brand, which out of respect for you, Victoria, because you left some with me last night. Oh, yeah. I'm having a sweet vermouth. Ooh. With a little bit of the elderflower tonic you Oh, yeah. Behind. That sounds great. Mm. It's good. <laughs> it's delicious. It's low ABV. It's turning my nose red, but that's the story of my life. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sometimes those like vermouthy Jenny things, the, they, they, they get the capillaries working a little Do bit. Do they? You know? Okay. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to end up with a gin blossom on the old nose. Andrea, mm-hmm. you would have a field day with that. I would tell you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you use you use product to keep your skin moisturized and stuff. So it would take a lot of gin, I think, for many years without taking care of your skin whatsoever to achieve that look. Okay. Okay, good. Just to, just to play it safe. Um. Okay. So today our topic is we have never touched on. You know, I'm using it as a blanket term right now because we want to talk about the industry sort of as a whole. But beverage reps, which we all yeah. have had to, at such a major part of your restaurant and bar job. And so yeah. before we, we give to- shout outs for sure. Big shout Sorry. out for yeah. all that. Sorry, it's taken 120 episodes to uh, <laughs> remind us of that part of the job. But um, let's start, first of all, because you only really touched on it last night. And I was a little bit like, save it for tomorrow. Oh. But um <laughs> We and would, then you guys just sat in awkward silence for the next two that's hours. That's exactly what we did. We just killed a cockroach and then yep. I Stared. crawled under my blanket yep. as a jacket. It was great. It jacket was fun. And then blanket. We, we ate vegan hamburgers. It was really fun. We did. Uh, so I, I, Andrea and I both, we want to hear more about your background as a bartender because you were talking to Sean last night and you're like, well, I mean, my bar won best bar in the world. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't <laughs> say it like that. No, not like you were like, I, I mean, you're like, I mean, it's kind of crazy. To I only you're... said it like that because we were talking about New York and we were no. talking. I don't want her to. No, 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 no. There's no, there's no shame. There's no apologies. That is some knowledge that just got fucking dropped. I think is what Brooke is saying. Wow. That's yeah. blowing our minds. Right. And also because then she found out she knows Sean's cousin, who's like, that's you know, true. owner of the Clover Club, which is all crazy. So that's and he's New great. York. And he's wonderful. <laughs> he's, he's a badass for real. He's amazing. Nice, nice, nice. nice. So let's 
let's backtrack a little bit. What are the events that led you to be at one of the best bars in the world? Oh my gosh. Uh, well, I, that is a long story or a short one. I don't know. <laughs> we got time, is, but I can all, I can say that I have worked in every type of bar. I think that's possible. Well, I don't know, maybe sans a few, but, um, I start, I'm from South Carolina. So I started, um, actually this isn't really bartending, but this is kind of bartending. Oh, it's all, it's all. I started shaking drinks to order when I was 13 years old. I got signed permission slip to work at this hilarious lemonade stand in the middle of like a shopping center. And I had to actually stand inside of a lemon like a huge, like it was like the banana stand, the frozen sure. banana stand for yeah. sure. Love a kiosk. Exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was an entire lemon. I had to go and unlock it, lift up the lemon top and stand inside of it. And I had to make fresh lemonade. So I put lemon juice, sugar, water, yeah. shake it. It was shaken. I also shook lemonade at 16, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. So you know my pain. Uh, so do. that's where it started. My, my bartending skills got... I don't know. Mm-hmm. They blossomed there maybe or something. But then I ended up um, working in a few places in South Carolina. My mom was a bartender too. And we had like a downstairs bar area where my, our families would like make drinks for each other. Shag carpets, yeah. whiskey oh. barrel, like poker table, all the, all the things of like, this I don't know, a- the seventies. The oh, um, it's so dreamy. I'm picturing it just so well. And I want to be there right now. Yeah. Was, <laughs> you know, like, uh, what do they call it? Not plywood. What's the wall? Um, Nagahide? No, not Nagahide. No, the, um, the wood paneling. paneling. Oh, yeah, wood paneling. Wood paneling yeah. was all up in there. We had red, shag, carpet. There's so much cigarettes, cigarette smoke 100, everywhere. Virginia Slims, uh, Salem Ultras, all that were up in there. But anyway, so I had, I, my mom was a bartender and I sort of like paid attention to that. Maybe my dad was like a lawyer and like county council chairman and like very different, two very different sides of things. But either way, I started working, um, as an actual bartender when I was legally allowed to work as a bartender. Cause I did this when I was not legally allowed to bartend when like my manager didn't show up for work or whatever, (laughs) these like Thai places. Um, but anyway, I worked at a fine dining spot to start out and then I ended up moving to San Francisco and I worked in several different styles of bars there, including like a boozy ice cream place and a (laughs) Japanese whiskey and sushi bar. And I did like Roman Italian. So I've kind of like gone all over the place and then traveled the world. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, through restaurants, through actually. Liquor. I did ping pong myself across the U.S. So basically, I left San Francisco, went to New York, and on a whim. Um, actually, this is a Tom Macy story. So basically, oh. I met my future boss at Clover Club. I was sitting at the bar, and he was sitting at the other end. And I had come to New York, like, not really knowing exactly what I wanted to do. Maybe I wasn't going to be a bartender anymore. Maybe I was just going to work in film, da, da, da. And I started talking to this guy at the bar and he was like, you need to be connected with this guy, Nara. And he's at the other end of the bar. He's like, just slide me your phone number and information and I'll give it to him. And I'll just like talk you up (laughs) basically. Um, And so he did that. And Naren texted me like five minutes after I left. He didn't actually introduce me, but it was at Tom's bar that I got this job. That's crazy. I'm going to tell Sean. 
Yeah. So funny. And so like, it's a small world after all. But so then I went and uh, talked with them and we were this like teensy tiny little team. There was only three of us that were working behind the bar. And, um, and then we had like, I don't know, this big, big, big idea. Obviously these guys did come in with their, their aperitif focused drinks. Oh, by the way, I didn't say this, but I worked at Dante. <laughs> so yes. we're just like talking about this mysterious bar, right. but Dante okay. in New York city. Um, and yeah, like it, it literally changed my whole life. We, we like were in the trenches for so, so long. I ended up, um, you know, like managing there and doing event coordination for stuff that was like on-site and off-site. We have a million stories to tell within those walls, but it's a over a hundred year old bar. So wow, lots and lots of history. And then we sort of like launched this, um, I don't know, like, I feel like we had a resurgence or a, or a revitalization or something of aperitif cocktails in America, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, okay. because we really did, um, sort of, we had a Negroni menu for happy hour An entire menu. A, right. Yeah. We had like You're a lucky fluffy Garibaldi. One. We had like lots and lots of things. And, um, it was all stuff that I honestly, at the time was just like not familiar with. I, I worked in whiskey and like regular cocktails. So it was a really cool learning experience for me to, uh, work there. But I am, I mean, I'm a go-getter and I'm like kind of one of those people that does everything I possibly can to make something work, I think. And then so was everybody else there. And we just did it. I don't know. We ended up getting best bar in the world, but it was, um, and within (laughs) like teamwork makes the dream work on that. Yeah. That's great. Like three, four years of us opening. I can't remember the exact timeline, but, um, yeah. So I feel like it was a little bit of luck and a little bit of hard work, but I am very proud of what we did. And, um, I worked, for Saxon parole as well. So they had already won uh, best bar in America before me, but then also when I was there, they won it then. And so it was a really cool, like, I don't know. It was overwhelming actually to be a part of those teams. I'm like flattered. You're our friends. (laughs) Well, I (laughs) I did. I mean, this is the kind of stuff where you're just like, Whoa, it's just like a next level situation for me, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, even for me, cause it sort of feels like imposter syndrome or something. I mean, I had a lot, yeah. I do feel like I had a lot to do with it, but I also, um, you know, I, it was Naren is a genius and everyone mm-hmm. he sort of took under his wing and taught, uh, has got like a, a whole new mentality on the way they make drinks. So a lot of his, um, what do you call it? Not he's the mentor. So are they mentees. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. All of those people, the grasshoppers, really... if you will. Oh, also named, named we were talking about gra- also that's Narn's favorite drink. So one of really? them. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. See what I like and the way you're talking about it too, and knowing you and what a genuinely like wonderful, kind person you are. Aww. It makes me really happy to hear that you're part of these teams that all work so hard to strive to achieve. And it's not just a bunch of like snobby assholes with mustaches, you know? We it's, did not it, not one well, there was one mustache, but he's the sweetest person in the world. So I accept it. He does not yeah sweet man behind that mustache i know it's be like i'd be the only one with the closest thing to a mustache behind that bar and she's a blondie so (laughs) yeah so i don't know yeah as someone who truly believes that like hard work gets you places this makes me very happy yeah i definitely did a lot of hard work i'm not gonna 
short myself on that one because I I have gained lots and lots of gray hair from working at all of these places at my young age of and, I, and I'm not telling you actually <laughs> you you don't have to but what I what I want to say is like you are mm-hmm. you are for your world experience and your time in this industry you're significantly younger than us and so it is funny when you do the math you're like wow you really have been doing this since like a young age because yeah. when you say your number of years you're like oh you must have started early because you're not old by any means 13 and lemonade stand I'm just kidding. exactly right <laughs> um and also I don't mean this as a prejudice thing it is for me knowing you now and knowing you in our like in our LA years like it's like we're all kind of our best selves who do self-care mm-hmm. and it is hard to picture you as like you know a 4 a.m bartender because I know <laughs> you are an adult who now has a different style of job which will get back into the bar and um you know brand repping and all of that stuff but it is really funny it's such a switch when you go from that my eyes are on the prize in this like fun like sexy nightclub shaking drinks all night sort of vibe and now you're really fantastic at what you do and it's very adult and you're very, very together, um, which you have oh, to be for all of it. It's you. just, I think of when I, when I do think of some of the bartenders in my life, there's definitely a line in the sand where you're like, yeah, they're a mess. And <laughs> yeah. that's just, you know, yeah, that's very true. Like, are they, are they, okay? are they doing okay? Are they okay? You know? People. And then there's the other side where they're kind of like, you you wouldn't guess they were bartenders because they're really great business people in general and uh, keep the keep the drinking at the bar and keep it off hours and whatever. Anyway, so yeah, it's it's funny to know you as we know you and to be like, oh my god, she was one of the best bartenders in the world. <laughs> I best mean, bar. I bartender. don't know. I, I I I feel like I helped uh, steer the ship of the best bartenders in the world. I mean, I definitely. I'm good at like execution, I think, and taking direction. And, um, I had really good leadership there. And so Mm -hmm. it was like, I I could take it and run with it, but, um, yeah, it was definitely, I feel so weird because it's, I don't think I should be taking credit, but I, but I know that other people would be like, you're stupid, but it just, it does (laughs) feel like, um, I don't know, like imposter syndrome or something. Oh, yeah. Well, moving moving forward to talking about being a Bev Rep, which you are, and we'll get into like your specific uh, mm-hmm. like angle of that. But the history on Bev Reps um, is really interesting to think about, just as being. I think of them as like really fun door to door salesmen in a way, if you will. You <laughs> That's know, true. <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah, reps essentially work for these companies that 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 dole out the booze because of all the liquor laws that all the cities and all the states have correct yeah there's a little bit of a so each state has their own uh laws and regulations and all these things and so um, most brand ambassadors or beverage reps or you know that kind of thing work in states that have a three-tier system meaning like um, there's a distributor and a supplier and then the retail or restaurant um mm-hmm. so there's like an extra layer because if you're in a state that only has for instance like state sponsored liquor stores then you there's not really much you can do um there's a lot of legal red tape so some states like california and new york um are that three-tier system though so we we kind of sell it in and we figure out programming and education and we basically become the face of the brand and the like 
the guide, if you will. Yeah, correct? the guide. Yeah, yeah. And we can get um, all of the information out there on a local level through several like marketing, education, um, community events, that kind of stuff. And then that's the we, but we don't make any sales. It's illegal for us to make an actual sale. So the distributor then comes in and says, would you like to buy this now that you know this person <laughs> or whatever? Right. Um, and brands can sell themselves, you know, to some degree, but it is a nice way to actually build the brand, um, identity. So you can like mm-hmm. focus on a person that embodies what you, your, the brand is. And, um, and then, you know, go forth that way. It's kind of like an influencer meets an education person, meets meets a door-to-door salesperson. (laughs) Absolutely. It's like someone who's like, hey, I know the people who make this product and I know this is the kind of product you're looking for. Mm -hmm. I'm helping both of you guys. Like I'm going to introduce you to each other. I think it's, I love the whole Beverett. Plus you're like on the go. Like you're all, you're all gal on the go. (laughs) That is true. It's a definite, uh, it's a busy, busy job. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think like we, it's, it sounds really fun and it is really fun, but it also is like, I mean, the hours are, it's interesting because, you know, the other night, basically I have admin to do all day and then, uh, I have to go out to accounts and like support them and do that kind of thing. And I didn't get home till like, you know, 12 the other night Mm because we can go outside again. (laughs) So, um, but you know, and I started work at nine, so it's, and some days aren't like that, but it is a really, it is go, go, go like to the nth. I mean, it's, it's a lot. So, um, but it's super fun. I, you know, so never a dull moment. (laughs) I think that reps, I mean, they become so nuanced now and that's specifically what you do as far as like having the one guy that would be like, here's, here's your basic bit shit. Here's your, you know, Bud Light on tap. Here's it's your fireball me. whiskey, right? To now, um, you know, having like very specific wine regions being represented, mm-hmm. um, having very specific beer beers being represented, and to you having something like aperitifs at Lo-Fi. Um, yeah. It's pretty cool how everything's so nuanced these days. Well, I feel like it's it's like gotten like a real makeover with these cooler, nicer, elevated brands. Because like I'm thinking back to, you know, Andrea and I working in Chicago at Bad Dog Tavern, which if you Ooh, can imagine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you can imagine. I mean, we had like our German beers were on point. We had yeah. like, you know, uh, what were those? Lemboise or. Yeah, like, oh, we had like yeah. A, a nice Belgian on on tap, like, you know, a delirium or a, an Abbey, whatever, you know. But outside of that, really, you know, our wine was OK. Like Castle Rock was kind of where we, you know, like top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. But um, you would see like when the beverage reps would come in, our the owner would run. He would just Mm -hmm. run and they're sitting there. And so, you know, like the owners or the managers kind of paint this picture, you know, that a beverage rep is is a real pest. And it's like, well, do you want (laughs) well, if it's the wrong person, of course, Mm -hmm. but it's just really funny. And I'm just speaking of my personal dealings in a few of the restaurants would just be like the owners never wanted to talk to them or would be hiding in the cellar and you know in the new york he's like make them go away and i'm like i don't know what to do and so i feel like what's so (laughs) cool and different is like you guys now all have social media presence on your side i think that it it does so much for it's like i know we're like not because lo-fi just has a great feel already it's smart 
it it's aspirational if you mm-hmm. ask me it makes me want to find out what it is and cool. um, that's good I right like that. you know i'm giving you some <laughs> feedback right yeah it's like I'm consistently the person who's like, I just like my tequila and soda and um, to be curious and try some things and to have someone who's not pushy, you're suggestive and informative. Like I now have opened my palate up to some slightly different beverages that I normally wouldn't have. For the win. I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> you can, you can, uh, you can quote that to your boss. So he gives you a, he or she gives you a raise. You can Google that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but that is exciting. I'm really glad to hear that you're not just, uh, you know, blowing smoke. No, no, <laughs> definitely that. not. I think cause we all fall like, in a, a, like as a person or even just a restaurant, you can fall into these real ruts with right. what you offer. And so it takes a good and exciting liquor rep or wine rep to come in and be like, you need a facelift and this is how you're going to do it. And you're going to have a slightly sexier bar <laughs> offering. You're, you're almost like selling, you are selling a lifestyle obviously, but I think keeping things fresh and exciting is definitely like the name of the game with a lot of this stuff. And for owners to be like, we have a Melbeck, we have a this. And just to be like, nope, we do what we do. And I think that is just restaurant owners in general. Sure. It's just, you know, like we know what we like. Sorry. You know, don't try and sell me shit. Sorry. Well, it's funny that you're saying that because it it's like, it is one of those things that you, as a brand rep, you, you do have to, and I, so I came directly from that world. So right. there are some people that have never been behind a bar. They don't know what ordering is. They don't know yeah, sure. like and that it's the first obvious. is inventory day and that Friday nights are the worst possible time for you to come in and Amen. Da, 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 you know, like all of those things. And so, um, it really does help to have someone that, that, comes directly from the other side because you can understand how to be a respectful or respectable rep for your brand. And also if you're coming in and you're trying to shove things down people's throats that they just absolutely will never use, like it's, uh, you just have to, it's not, it's not good for anyone. Mentality. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, I'm not going to try and sell fireball into like um, not that I have fireball zero, but I, I just, you know, when you get like them, a, can you let me know though? I, yeah. I, could you, you give us, is there some sort of wait list that can be put on? For- hey, listen, we used to make our own version of fireball in San Francisco. We were all, you know, snooty and we just put red hots in it and cinnamon sticks. Hell yeah. It was good. Of course. <laughs> well, this, this version doesn't have the formaldehyde in it, which is, oh, yeah, I know, bummer. which is nice. Better my, those body. red hots might have some in there actually. You know, I'm, a, I'm perplexed, uh, when I hear that, that, that reps, bev reps, beer reps, wine reps don't come from a world of service first. It's, it's That's... a little mind boggling. Well, me. let me also say this. So there's reps and then there's ambassadors. Um, mm-hmm. so I am what's called a brand ambassador and that is, a person who does what I was talking about, the education, um, marketing, like, um, community outreach and target account visits. So you're like building relationships with the, with the, um, the account, but then there's reps who, and those are mostly like wine and beer, but they Mm -hmm. work for big portfolios and they have like, you know, 75 beers that they're trying to shoot into each account. And, and, and technically they're all the same, but we would call a rep 
for instance, um, somebody that works for the distributor a lot of times. So, um, they are like, we call like my, my distributor is wine warehouse. So we have wine warehouse reps. Um, and then I think the distinguish, the distinguishing factor between like ambassador and rep is just a little bit more nuanced, um, or targeted stuff with your brand, if that makes Got sense. Yeah. Um, and, and if somebody may come on and say like, you're absolutely wrong, but from my perspective and from my experience on both sides, that's how I take it. But you will hear rep interchange. Like somebody probably calls me the lo-fi rep, you know, right, um, I right. am representing it, but it, we are technically called brand ambassadors when we do this, like, um, more sort of nuanced targeted, um, outreach with, with the community. Well, you're the person who can like actually really whip together a great drink because of, you know, your years bartending and the accolades that come with that, Um, (laughs) which by the way, we, you know, we're doing a little research getting ready for this episode. And I kept seeing articles and write-ups saying basically the bartending prepares you for a career in sales. If you want to make that pivot to ambassador. Sure. um, Or real estate. (laughs) Any, yeah. Exactly. Right. I mean, yeah. we talk about servers are really great with production um, when mm-hmm. it comes to creative production on sets. If that if that's because we multitask like motherfuckers. Yeah. Running around and and doing. I know it's we can handle a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, apparently it's been a really big side hustle uh, during covid for people to say, like, I'm an out of work bartender. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm going to see if there are opportunities for me on the sales side, you know, because, you know, liquor. Yeah stores absolutely had no break they their sales boomed this past yeah. 14 months i know several months. people that did that even with grocery and things like that things that were uh-huh. open um they had a really specific skill set and they could come right in there and be and know a lot about what's going on the shelves for sure for sure mm-hmm. yeah um, so it, it's interesting to see that like you if you are someone who's like, I need to hang up my apron, like mm-hmm. I can't do it anymore. Um, you have a lot of qualities and things on your resume that would make you a good candidate for this line of work. It's true. Awesome. And, and Victoria, specifically, I want to commend you for seeing the hustle that you have had this past year watching you on social media to still get out there, push your brand, <laughs> represent small pandemic, businesses yeah. in the LA community, mm-hmm. um, pushing their names out there. I mean, at one point I was like, oh fuck, Victoria, what are you doing out there? Shit, you know, just <laughs> like inside. scared, scared <sighs> from my home. But I was oh, all no. I was always like, look at that boss bitch out there getting it done, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, it's I was safe. I was really safe. I didn't oh, usually, if I was at an account, I, I was like, like, leaving it at the door and running away when they like went to grab it or something. And then I would, um, you know, I did a lot of emailing and I did a lot of, um, research throughout this. I mean, honestly, I think I worked harder during the pandemic than I've ever worked at any time, which was kind of crazy because we basically had to learn a whole new job. I mean, it was literally like online everything. And, and, you know, I mean, you were there every single thing that was a trend was like the worst thing ever, like three days later, cause we were all just yeah. stuck inside. Yeah. So, you know, doing like a educational moment on social was good for like five seconds. And then everybody was like, Ugh. it's so true. Every, I was like, <laughs> if I ever see another online class, I'll kill myself. I know so. everybody's so sick of it. <laughs> yeah. But so we, I-, I think 
we've been referring it to, I think Brooke is like the great pivot, right? Oh my like God. What the, everybody's had. To can we do. rest that word? Get out of here. Pivot 2020. Get out pivot. of here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. So much pivoting. I know. I know. Um, but we've also learned so much. So like the fear base, like drop it and get the door. I'm being super safe is now just like, yes, I can walk up like and take mm-hmm. a breath, like take a breath and we're both masked and we can chat for a second and distanced and then move on with our day, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was interesting though, like just as a, as an ambassador or a person representing a brand that is so like, we call it liquid to lips, but like having that interaction and like actually drinking it, I I think we're visually stunning too, but, but it is really like exactly what you were saying, Brooke, like you don't really get what aperitifs are maybe like, and, and not everybody does. Brooke made a good point about, um, how she's opening up her mind. And so for us being in a retail store or a bar and having people actually taste it and go, Oh, this is really good. I never thought about that. Cause most people are like, ew, vermouth. Like that's gross. I <laughs> accidentally drank my grandma's vermouth that she left on her bar cart for 37 years yeah. and it was gross. And I'm like, well, that's why, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but so there's a lot of, um, elements to it that are really crucial to being out in the world. And so I think, with that, with the pandemic moment, I had to really think about like, how do I, um, use my, actually, how do I use my platform to do good? Cause this is, if there ever was a moment it's now. Right. Um, but we ended up doing a lot of stuff with community and, and, and doing charity work and things like that, because honestly, all of us were more concerned about that rather than what we needed. Like there was no sales everybody's life got put on hold. We were not like, right, Oh, right. how are we going to get sales? We were like, are we yeah. like, let's not die. That would yeah, be great. Lift each other up. Yeah. yeah. And so that was a really interesting thing that I think a lot of brands ended up taking, um, into consideration. And now it's like part of the ethos of like several, I mean, you know, it's, it's, which I think is ultimately a good thing, but that was what we ended up having to do is just like, look for, for ways to, um, inspire and integrate, through our brand and like figure it out on a, I don't know, like a legal and a social level, but from afar, it was crazy in my oh like, God. you know, tie dye pajama pants. So <laughs> yes, I, love those tie-dye pajama pants. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, I wanted to compliment you. And I know, and this isn't like a podcast about lo-fi. It's just, I do think that it's for me, I, it's like, oh, I'm not the most trained or adventurous with my drinking where like be like what what do you like Brooke and I can mostly be like well let me tell you what I don't Tequila. like <laughs> I know but like I'm like Ugh, vodka blah. like maybe rum if I'm in Hawaii you know and mm-hmm. I-, I think to just feel like I'm so sick of always depending on um like white wine is dependable for me but so boring mm-hmm. at times just because it's like there aren't a lot of great places to shop around here and then you know my old friend tequila and to suddenly be like whoa like the um the lo-fi has like botanicals they're made in napa like all the ingredients are like listed on the front mm-hmm. and they're, they're it's a sexy ass drink <laughs> I'm so very too. excited to play around. Like I haven't yeah. really gotten an opportunity to play around with them at, like on my own, my own terms, but um, I'm going to get there. I'm yeah. I'll get you some girl. 
she gave me a she gave me a hot tip. She's like, when you open it, refrigerate it, dummy. And I was like, oh yeah, I, I didn't say that dummy, on the but it is well, important. Dumb. We should absolutely have you on our um our new our new idea of the server submitted shift drink. So you'll basically mm. like we'll all enjoy a drink together, and you can tell us a crazy story. About uh, your, like I have an idea. Day. Definitely tell us. <laughs> Tell the story. Definitely hold on to the story about the guy who was like, way to go taking the handicap spot. Oh, man. All I right. Know, we heard I'll that one it. last night. Hold on to it. Um, yeah, because we're going to set up a tiki bar in my backyard and get a little um, shooting situation going soon. So, yeah, we should do like one of our first episodes should be a little beautiful lo-fi beverage. I'm down. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> teach me. I want to learn. Teach also. me your ways. Um <laughs> Um, before we go, should we jump into these like failed uh, brands? These I, failed drink I brands? had to. I just had to include this. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, to me. This is so good. Uh, from the drink, the drinks business. Here's the six drinks business. They drinks did not brand. Yeah, I was going to say they did not have a Victoria on their side. They certainly also a very <laughs> uh, bad product. Virgin but- vodka being the first one produced by Virgin Drinks. Virgin you know, Richard Branson, like the old oh. the mogul. Um. Yeah. So it's was the vodka was launched in 1994 in partnership with William Grant and Sons, oh. and was drawn withdrawn from the market years later. Um. So they just disbanded. But wait, is it is it's, it? It's not like it's not like Virgin. It's not like no, non-alcoholic. No, right? it's Virgin, it's, like Virgin Records, Virgin Airlines. They yeah also, yeah. I get that. Time, but it's very deceiving. Who wants to buy? That's probably why I didn't I make it. I don't like the name. Like it, Virgin Vodka. There's like a lot there's of reasons no why in it. I don't like the name for that. So it many. just feels like itchy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm hot behind the ears. Um, clearly, and so, so long, sir. So so long, and farewell to Zima, our good friend Zima. Bye. <laughs> what oh. to drink when you don't drink when you're 13 years old? Oh boy. So this, yeah, this brand of, I guess alcohol. This is a whole subgenre called Elka Pop. Elko pop and so bouncy of beer brand is what it says. Well, mm. I'm not gonna lie. There's a bunch of fancy seltzers back on the market, which are basically just an evolution of Zima. Let's not lie. I've I'm I kind of got excited for a minute, and now I'm taking back a little bit. I've been trying single cans here and there from our Eagle Eagle Rock Market. Where I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, maybe I could Love maybe him. I could get into a hard seltzer, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. It's it's very weird. Um, okay, so then this I'm one, yeah, the bouncy beer them. brand, mm-hmm. Molson Coors had weird alco pop called anime beer. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what to say about that. I'm not saying anything it else. It says there was a some- bouncy beer brand, and I just don't even, <gasps> I don't know about that. Oh, oh just for ladies. It's a just oh. for ladies. Oh, really, yes. Guys. That's what was fucked up about it. Okay, yes. It's like <laughs> mm, fun soda beer for ladies. Just for ladies. Oh, near. Oh. I'm going to tell you what, who houses uh, truly seltzers? My brother. He should be their fucking ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's no, there. okay. Do you remember Aftershock? Oh, yeah. What the fucking fuck? So basically, it was basically mouthwash with a different label on it. And they would make cocktails that were like, they were calling it the Irish bullfrog. And like everything tasted like mouthwash mixed with literal other ingredients, which is like, that is so 
fucking nasty. Can you still find aftershock? I feel like oh, I'm, I'm sure it exists. I'm sure it's out there. I feel <sighs> like it's like it. It will be like the fireball. You can get like the little six packs of it. I bet like aftershock has the same situation. Oh my god. Okay, wait, wait. One of their drinks was. The thermal bite when you mix aftershock with that Bailey's. Is disgusting. Ew. <laughs> and, you know, Pharrell. Pharrell had his own um, cream liqueur. <laughs> it looks so crazy. Like, he's cool, but he had strawberry cream liqueur oh. and a peaches and cream liqueur. <laughs> and cream is spelled with a Q. And oh my. Oh, I didn't even we notice all- that. We these all make mistakes. Bottles are horrible. They look They're, like a weird, like um, you know, when you go to Walmart and they have like some sort of like, let's look fancy. Soap. Yeah, like a fancy looking bottle of body wash or something that then that gives is, you a yeast infection. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly yeah, that. Un- that's exactly what's happening real. Here. Meanwhile, Pharrell's Not- smiling in there. He's like, "Hey," and I'm gonna go. You know, and I'll just put it out there. You know, you're you're not gonna catch me supporting Sammy Hagar's Cabo Wabo. I'm not drinking it. It's not happening. As enticed as I am by that bottle. I mean, if someone sends me a free bottle of Cabo Wabo. Sammy Hagar or is it? um... Yeah. No, that's Sammy Hagar. I'm not buying any um, Casamigos because like fuck Randy Gerber and George Clooney. There's nothing against them, but like how much richer do you need to be? However, in supporting rich people, The Rock has a silver tequila, a Blanco tequila called Terramana, which is uh, a nice price point, and I actually like it. And I like Dwayne Rock the Johnson. Have you seen uh, Snoop Dogg's new gin? It's called. No. It's called. It's, I think it's Indigo, but it's called Indago. It's spelled uh-huh. Indago, <laughs> and it is real. It's it's like purple and gold, or maybe purple and silver or something. Look that one up because it's okay. actually like a mess. But I love it. I'm like, I um, think I'm going to just buy, buy one. <laughs> I'm going to shout out Yola Mezcal, oh, yeah. which is a great local uh, like L.A. run company. Um, that's all women run, especially even down to like the women in Oaxaca that like source yeah. the mezcal and make it all nice. all very women friendly. And they have a little like a little old ice cream truck that they've bought where they I go and, and put the music on and go sell cocktails. They do at different it locations at around Lake LA. Reservoir on Thursdays. Oh my God. Can we go do that? The three of us? Can that be our girl day yeah. out? I would love find- that. <gasps> I love that so much. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Fun fact, since you have some lo-fi, lo-fi Amaro was actually um, specifically created to work with Mezcal, like, like combined. My um, brain was already going there. I was really like, good. how do I mix You this? should try yes. it. I love it. We have a drink it. called Let's the Pink and Smoky. It's delicious. With Ooh, just okay. Mezcal and lo-fi Amaro. <gasps> okay. I'm on it. Try I'm on it. We have to stop talking about <laughs> booze and recipes and wrap up. Um, oh, sorry. Victoria, you're the goddamn best. Thank oh, you so much for being here. Thank you. It's so mm-hmm. fun to talk to you guys. Like, uh, anyway, but, you know, this was really fun, uh, too. Um, you times. guys, if you have geeked out with us today, please go check out those lo fi aperitifs. I'm sure we'll be pushing them on video <laughs> and being drunk on film for you pretty soon. Uh, but please, again, send us those server submitted stories, sidewordpod at gmail.com. We love you guys. Head over to One Star Podcast Network, all of that good stuff. And you know what we say at the end of every episode, Brooke? Godspeed. And good tips. And good tequila. Yum, and yum, good yum. aperitifs. <laughs> and good night. I'm just kidding. Bye. <laughs>